Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Hello, all. This is episode seven. This is your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. And for reasons I'm not even going to explain, I'm actually recording this part of the podcast from my car in a parking lot. Uh, Life is weird. Um, So today I'm super excited because I got to interview someone. I have like this whole list of people that I want to interview. Like it's my dream list. Um, Jenna Kutcher is on it, but I don't think that'll happen for a while. Uh, But so so this lady's on it. This is Dr. Rosemary Batansky. She is the president of the WDC, which is the Women Chiropractic Association. Um, I've gotten to talk to Talk to her, Dr. Cynthia, who's the founder. Um, such a cool organization, so altruistic and just um, just bleeds like passion for females in this profession. It, they're both really cool people. So Dr. Rosemary is the president. Um, And she is an absolute warrior for female DCs. And I am not exaggerating when I say, like, it's rare that I meet or talk to someone who wears their heart on their sleeve as much as I do. Uh, But we emailed back and forth for a while. We've never had never met in person. And the first time we got on the phone, I called her and she answered the phone. Hey, love. And for a second, I thought, like, oh, she must not know it's me calling, but she totally did. She's just like that kind of a gorgeous person who loves people and loves what she does. And so it was just a joy. Um, So I brought her on. I really wanted to talk to uh, someone at the WDC about a trend that I'd like heard rumors about. uh, And that's basically that like the stats on female chiropractors who are using their degrees five years after practice are, uh, it's, it's embarrassing. And so I brought her on to talk about like, is this a chiropractic thing? Is this a women in work thing? Is there something we can do about it? What's being done about it? Um, and like any two passionate women talking about a complicated subject, 
and may or may not have ADHD. We go off on a couple fox chases rabbit holes. What's the phrase? You guys, these are the colloquialisms that I really struggle with. We go off on tangents, all right? But it's still real good. Um, So, you know, we had a couple slight issues with audio. This is only episode seven. So I do promise, I told you in episode one that I would promise you if I get better, we will get better at audio. This was a learning lesson on our end. Um, So make sure you turn it up because there are some serious gems in there uh, talking about when's the right time to get associate an associate, uh, how it's important to mentor them. So like women in chiropractic, why they're leaving, why they don't come back. I think we go off on a thing on mom shaming, which I really liked because uh, it's something that I personally like put on myself. Um, and I think there's a lot of emphasis, extra mom shaming within the chiropractic profession because, you know, I've talked about this, we're expected to be like mother nature. Um Talk about redefining success and just really if you are a successful female chiropractor who, you know, is doing all the things like what you can do to help out other females in our profession. So turn it up. Um, Make sure you lean in, like literally turn it up so you can hear those gems in there. Um, But lean in, listen to one of the absolute greats that is leading the charge on more freedom and success for women in chiropractic. Hope you love it. And I am going to start us off in prayer Um, because I I know you're a Christian. Otherwise, I would have done it before you got on. (laughs) I kind of always laugh when I uh, say in the podcast, I'll be like, if this ain't your thing, just go ahead and push that fast forward 30 seconds. Uh, But it's my thing. It's my thing. (laughs) It's my thing too. Bring it. All right. So God, please bless this conversation between two women in this profession that is so amazing. I think it like Seriously, I think it is one of the greatest professions and closest things to what you envision healing to be. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, Bless this conversation that we can not only help the women in chiropractic and similar healthcare fields that are striving and doing amazing, let us inspire them to pursue um, more in helping others to like look past their success, to look and see what they've done and share that message. Um, but also to help those that may listen that are struggling to really find their place and are tempted to leave or are shaming themselves and judging that they, they don't have what it takes or that, you know, they should, they made a wrong decision. Like help them get from this what they need so they go on to live your purpose for them. Amen. Okay, so normally the way it works is somebody else has written in to me and there's a question, but really the whole point of having you on and why I chose you like before even episode one started, I was like, I would like to talk with you, um, is my purpose for this podcast is to help. I mean, basically what I just said in the prayer, it's one of those things where I'm in the first category of women. I've been blessed and I'm so grateful to have, um, success in this profession, you know, paid off my loans quickly, like have the freedom to have a family, the whole quote unquote work-life balance. Um, and I have friends that I graduated with that aren't as lucky. And I'm talking to students and I just see this kind of divide. Um, And so 
is just kind of one of those like, I want to help. And so why I brought you on is my general question is what are some of these concerning trends? Like, am I, I'm not crazy, right? Like you see this as the president of the chiropractic, Women Chiropractic Association, like what's, what's going on, Dr. Rosemary? You know, it is the fine line. You, I surround myself, you know, with um, women chiropractors, women in general, you know, at my church, in my family, um, with the women chiropractors, but it's fascinating the more that I dive deeper into our profession, and I'm, I become very, um, I'm choosing my words because it, it does get me emotional, Lauren. Uh, I see the struggle, but then I see the success, and mm-hmm. I just posted on today's Facebook thing is, you know, we, uh, follow this guy Gary Vee on Instagram and it's like we have to rebrand I agree with him the definition of success and um you know is it the nice car the nice house not that we the people that I know that are very successful have got that and you know I did I, I swear to them about myself a first because I just have to be honest with you but I also you know when I read his post and I posted it today it said but also it's waking up with a uh, smile every day and feeling blessed. And I feel that, and, and, and it, it creates such a comfort. But then what concerns me, and, and this is not just in our profession, is, you know, I'm a healer, I'm a fixer, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm the empath that um, I want to fix everybody's problems. And it's not that I'm a psychologist or anything, I just want to help. And when I was struggling through my own problems, um, with my health, and I was forced to retire from clinical care uh, with the load of the patients that I was seeing, I struggled with the identity of, holy shit, like, oh, my mom might listen to this and she just heard me swear. Um, it's okay, my seven-year-old listens, and I'm like, you know when you hear mommy swear that, that uh, mean it's okay for you to swear, right? Okay, sorry, mom, if you yeah. listen to this later. Um, I struggled with the identity of, all I knew for myself is, the way I made money, and the, like I was a chiropractor and I made money from it, and I healed people, and uh, you know, it was great. And then when I couldn't do it, I struggled. Mm-hmm. I struggled mentally with, okay, what do I do now? And when my cardiac surgeon says, so have you thought of doing anything else? You know, my rebellious says, self said, well, have you? Like, <laughs> right? You know, oh my gosh. You know, and, and, but I didn't know because, you know, now I'm in this world of chiropractic and I see the consultants and I see the coaches and I see podcast people and I see that there's so many people doing work for chiropractic that aren't chiropractic, I call it. Yeah. And um, that's where I think we have to redefine the definition of success. And, um, but I do see what's creating like, like what's nice for me, truthfully, is the post when I see people are ready to leave chiropractic because they're not making it. And it's like, why are they not making it? And, you know, I, uh, you know, you hear all the time, well, we didn't learn business in school. Well, we didn't learn business in school. School didn't teach us um, to be successful. Well, school doesn't, even when you go to get your MBA at the University of Michigan, it's not teaching you to be successful. It's giving you tools mm-hmm. to be successful. But it's also life about choice. So, again, 
everything I know about business, Lauren, didn't come from school. It came from, I just, before we started taping, you know, I'm first generation. I didn't know anything about, you know, I was the first person that graduated. That, well, in my family with a doctorate, but I had other families that, you know, fought, uh, finished more schooling also. But in my own family, my sister and I finished as chiropractors and, you know, nobody told us to be the business person. I learned. I chose to learn. I chose to dive in deep and understand, you know, the uncle that owned this, my dad who used to own um, a convenience store, accounting. I remember the accounting basics that I learned from him using a ledger book, not a quick book, not whatever. It was that red and book, red lines. Yeah. You know, if you were in the red, you were in the red. Yeah. I was a teenager in high school. So I chose to learn. And this is where I, when I do lecture, I do want to, you know, we're, we're, we're a society that likes to blame also. I didn't oh, yeah. this or I didn't. If I was to send my child to chiropractic school with the way that, you know, schools are and the different, you know, different choices to go here and that, what I would want to know is they're coming out being confident chiropractors and confident enough to adjust. But the business stuff comes, I, I literally watch TED Talks every day. I watch, I, I'm on LinkedIn and I watch HR videos and I follow other people, not just in chiropractic. And I immerse myself in the dentist industry, the dental industry. And, the, and you know, I talk to other professionals um, to find out what they're doing to be successful mm-hmm. and what models are they using. You know, we buy into, you got to get a coach and you, you've done that in part of your career too, right? You have to get a coach to be successful. No, you don't. I've I've never had a coach, but I've been mentored. Right. I've invested my time into asking a thousand questions and being that obnoxious. So tell me more. Tell me more about percent overhead. Where should I be? But I'm asking a dentist. So then I come back and I look at my own book. So going back to the struggle that we do see, you know, the blaming the student loans, which are atrocious, I, I have to admit. The how do you make it? We need reevaluation of this as the sliding scale. It's not going to motivate any one of my new docs coming in on hire to do more, want more, if they have to give more back and they can't pay for their daycare, they can't pay for their home mortgage or their car or or even any continuing ed or even status. I hear people like I can't afford my state association dues to get further education, and I'm like. What is that? Why? But I understand that when like my student loans were never over. You know, and I graduated with your normal student debt. I put myself through school, but um, they were never two thousand dollars a month, like what we're seeing right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you know, chiropractic. This isn't unique to chiropractors. I've got no. no I have a couple no. patients who are in dental school or, or like just graduated, and I'm close with them. I mean, I am this nosy, so I would ask, but I, um, I posted them and I said like, so, you know, this is how much I graduated chiropractic school. I graduated 10 years ago. And I, I always say I'm an open book. So I graduated with like 170, 176,000, but most of that was from only chiropractic school. I went into chiropractic school with only like 10,000, um, just due to Pell grants and stuff. And so 
the most recent like dental graduates are like, oh yeah, it's like 250 to 275 now is like the normal for us. And I'm like, holy cow. Um, but I love what you yeah. say. We like to tell these stories that it's, uh, it's school didn't give me the tools. It's that school was too expensive. Um, it's that, you know, society doesn't set us up for this. And like some of the, I'm not saying those aren't valid, um, but what I do see is a lot of those are projecting that like, I'm not successful because of all these external things. And it's like, exactly. oh, truth bomb, come to Jesus, honey or man, honey, man, whatever. Like you might not be um, wildly successful initially because you're not doing what you need to do. And just because you're not like, if you've been in practice three years, five years, 10 years, or three weeks, you can change that just because, you know, but like, yeah, yeah. probably yeah. more on you. So you found that like schools, um, you don't expect the chiropractic schools to be giving us the tools to be like running a business. You think that that's kind of on no. Insta. Why should they? Because I, no, I guess I, I have that they should. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do believe there should be a balance and there could be like if there's elective you take motion palpation or AK or acupuncture why not have an elective uh, a whole program certification on business like get your your 101 in accounting get 101 mm-hmm. in, um, human resources and that you choose but when you have people coming into the school that are third generation chiropractors why should they learn about business? They're going back to their dad's clinic or their mom's clinic or their grandfather's clinic. Or you look at the population, not everybody wants to be the business owner. Nope. So you can't blame the school that we didn't get business because it's not fair to the person who doesn't want the business. They want to be the better chiropractor. Oh, that's They want more chiropractic philosophy. They yep. want more chiropractic uh, adjusting. But but then when I when I was in school, I knew I wanted from the time I started, I wanted to open up my own business. I was that person. So at in school, I immersed myself. I was married. We could not afford to live in Chicago like the standard of living twenty years ago. And I immersed myself in working for a chiropractor. And I started as a CA. Then I started doing billing. Then I started doing I was short of his office manager by the time I graduated. I learned everything I needed to know that when I graduated and walked across that thing, three months later, I opened up my own business. But I chose that. I, I recommend if you're single, your dating profile as like in search of a male with MBA. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to do, I feel so bad because I didn't have to do um, a lot of the footwork. Like this is, again, me just being super, I'm married to someone I, I, okay, this is going to sound bad. I'm going to rephrase that. I fell in love with someone who happened to have an accounting, finance, and marketing degree. I didn't choose him because of that. Right. So. But, you know, I loved right. up that way. Of, um, you know. Um, you okay. Re- and, and you worked as a team. So now let's go back to your starting question because yeah. I do want to, because this is a hot topic. And, mm-hmm. and I'm actually going to be lecturing at Palmer Homecoming on the hot topics that we're seeing in women in chiropractic right now. Um, but the hot topic is, yes, the loans are one thing and something has to do this, this percent scale, a sliding scale on, and, and this is not just in the chiropractic world. This has to be reevaluated at the government level because, you know, nobody is 
motivated, like lawyers and whatever, to do more for the in, in incentivized because the more they get bonus or incentivized, the more they have to pay back. Yep. Which is tough. So that's number one. Number two, it goes back to choice and surroundings and and um uh what I'm seeing is, you know, um people aren't wanting to associate anymore. That's my number two. They're not feel you think that's a part of the issue is we want to like, well, I will honestly say if, if that um, the school I went to, and this wasn't anything they said, there was a culture that was negative around being an associate. It was like, oh, so you don't have what it takes to run your own. Like, and other, like I said, there was nothing that they explicitly said, but there was just this like, why are you even doing this if you don't want to own your own? Um Yes. yes. And so I blame a couple of things. I blame culture and I also blame situation. I blame the reason why some, again, I'm going to choose my words. <laughs> um, I believe like the reasons people bring on associates may not be for the right reason. Okay. Oh yeah. It's all about them.com, not about their practice or about also mentoring someone. They, and then they don't also have a complete exit strategy planned for them, okay? Now, I'm going to give slack to the people who get the diagnoses or life tragic, life-altering moments in their life that they're forced to bring on help to, to get them through their tough times. Let's take that off the table. Right. But the people I see that are associate, well, so-and-so is getting an associate client, but they don't have the leadership. I failed. My first associate was a friend of mine and from high school, and she left me because I failed that leadership. And I'm honest, I didn't have the communication skills necessary to mentor her up. And instead, it was like good cop, bad cop in the office. I, you know, and um, she there was inferiority there. Instead of mentoring her up, I had her fulfilling the needs of how busy we were in the clinic. And but that's self reflection, right? Yep. and learning as a leader and so people aren't you bring someone in and you're like and then it's the comp instead of well you know you have to go find your own patients and you got to do this and that well if you want to be a united team it's our patients it's not yours unless you're an independent contractor. i'm not even going to talk about independent contractor because that's again another whole personal choice but right. associateship someone bringing on an associate and paying them a salary first you can't pillage our young you can't pay them what it could cost to work at McDonald's. And I'm seeing that over and over again. And it's a shame, Lauren. It, I have people like my team at my front desk biller and my office manager make more than some of the chiropractors I know. Oi. <laughs> but they're not paying enough. And right. it's selfish yep. because. Oh, yeah. The phrase I've heard so many times is like, eat, we eat our young. Or something like that, yeah. but now, now you're making me evaluate all this, and it's like, well, is that just an excuse too? I don't know. <laughs> well, no, but it's not making these students want because they're hearing horror stories. Yeah, and then you know, with the day and age of texting and Google and everything to share, like 20 years ago, contracts were sacred. We couldn't see each other's contracts. Now we can share contracts, and we have 7,500 women on our Facebook page sharing everything from what they wear to what they eat to uh, what they're doing in their office to contracts to financial policies, right? Mm-hmm. So when I see some of these contracts, how do you expect these people to survive? Right. How? 
So you're not ready to have an associate until you're ready to pay them what they're worth. I'm hearing a so few this episode that the topic is, is like, are you actually qualified to bring on an associate? I think we're going to need to make sure that that, because yeah, I, it sounds like a, we need to create, looking, to create a safe spot for students to students and just other professionals to feel safe to take that job that they're going to be taken care of. Um, I remember when I hired my first associate, I had, I went to my accountant. This is people aren't communicating with people who do this for a living. And I had said to Joe, my accountant, okay, I'm ready to bring on. He's like, well, what, what's their starting salary? I, I said, this is what it, he's like, you have that in the bank. Yeah. And I think it was like graduating out of school, like 40 years or something. And that did include bonuses and whatever, but um, it did include her malpractice. And that's all covered. That was the benefits didn't. And mm-hmm. he says, well, you, need to, you need to have that in the bank. So everything that she brings in is great. Okay. And I'm like, wow, okay. Then you bring on the second associate. Do you have that much? When can she start making her what she's worth? Like that kind of thing. Right. And a lot of people ask me too, is like, should I bring on an associate? And I'm like, when they tell me that they're waiting, that they have a three week waiting list to get an patient, I'm like, oh, it's time to bring on an associate. Yeah, it's and time. You're gonna, and listen, and you're going to pay her well because she's going to nurture the growth. I think she, I'm so used to because I have female associates, but um, he or she will nurture the practice growth. And you're going to pay them to do so, not to line your pocket to buy your Mercedes or to go buy your vacation home or to go to nurture and grow your practice so that when it comes time for you run into, you have an illness or your your wife or your uh, husband or your child goes through something that you can scale back and have them take the lead. It's not a mine versus yours. It's ours. Yeah. It's ours. And you have to nurture that culture that this is their practice you know i'm remodeling my office right now i'm not practicing i can remodel it the way i want to because i love decorating but it's their office i mean they're there every every day it's their home so that's another thing associates we have to make an environment for associates to feel like they're going to learn Mentor, maybe even inherit, not inherit best practice, but buy in. Profit, I said, where's the profit sharing? How come lawyers do profit sharing? How come dentists do? How come hospitals do profit sharing? Why, why are we bonusing on every single person that comes in through the door? And, oh, like nickel and diamond were tit for tatting versus, hey, listen, you brought in an extra $200,000 in my absence. Um, we're going to do some profit sharing. Yeah. Make them feel like it's there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it should. In order for it to be continually successful, they successful. have to invest in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Let's I have to bring it back. Hold on, we're off on a tangent. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> We've go. got What's like... the next question? What's the next question? Oh my gosh. So what I love is that you brought up something that's super important. That is, this is not a chiropractic issue. And that's kind of this like rumory thing too, is that like, oh, don't go into chiropractic because of this. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is not because like I did research for this. Okay. That's a lie. I had my husband do research for this. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, he brings a set of attributes. Um, And one of the biggest books that's like referenced in a lot of like Huffington Post articles and this and that is that uh, lean in 
that was written yeah. by um Cheryl Sam Cheryl Sandberg, I think. Um she's and, my favorite person. Yep. And so, yep. So she's talking about how like 43% of women are leaving careers in general within the first, like, I think it was like between five to 10 years of being in practice or being in their profession. And we're seeing that that ourselves. Yeah. So, so, okay. So this is not a chiropractic thing. So then my next question, okay, I'm going to have to try and figure out how to like uh, beat around the bush a little bit with this because my harshness really comes out when I ask it. So I am, I always joke that I'm like missing a couple genes when it comes to like momming. Like I love my kids. I got all the right parenting genes of like, I'll throw myself in front of a bus, but like the like, oh my gosh, don't you just want to be at home with them forever? And I'm like, no, not even remotely. I got back to work so quick. Like, um, so in my mind, in my like mind, I see women who are leaving and it's either one or the other, and I know it's not, and that's why I have you on, of like, okay, they just either um, didn't like chiropractic, they weren't successful, uh, in their mind, they weren't successful enough, we have to come back, because you had a great quote on, like, we need to reshape our idea of success. But, um, or it's that they just love their baby so much that they would prefer to stay home with their baby more than the profession. And I have a feeling that's a really black and white <laughs> philosophy and you're about. No, it's a tough subject because it is a tough subject across the board in, 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 in corporate America, in medical, anywhere. Um, and, and then I have to be fair to the people who don't have children who I see struggling with the work-life balance also. They want to be a good wife. They want to serve their church. They want to serve their community. So you can't just, it's not just about being mom. It's about balance, right? And I think it goes back to choice. And yes, we are leaving our professions showing the same data. And it's alarming because I, you mentioned being school. And now when I graduated, I think maybe there was 25 women total in my class. I don't know, maybe a little bit more, but now it's half, right? Yeah. And can you imagine your valedictorian or someone saying, ladies, look around, half of you won't be practicing in five years. And you're going to be like, why did I? Got chills. I, I shit my, okay, I just swore again. You, you, you know, I don't feel bad. I bring it out in people. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but, but, but again, it's about choice too, because like I see, um, it, it is finding that balance. And I too was, listen, I was nursing and billing. I fired my office manager two days before my second daughter was born. Second child was born. And well, it it, it came to like, it was kind of like, I I think it was blame it on the hormones. But I was nursing and billing, doing payroll and like middle of the night, right? And, but I was back, like, I didn't have that maternity leave that, like, you know, um, that we see, and, you know, I'm Canadian, so it's even harder to see when I see my family have um, longer maternity leaves and they're paid and it's the culture, but, mm-hmm. and I do believe that we could do something like that, but, you know, so when Danielle, my associate, had her first child, you know, we built in, we had the plan, she took a 10-week maternity leave, and a lot of it was paid because we saved her vacation time. Affleck, we had a plan to appreciate that. Um, How are you? Because 
wanted that for her. However, the choice of moving and the, um, what the struggle is, you know, we also, I think social media and not just, it's the perfect mom syndrome. And there's a great person, there's a girl named um, uh, Vitra Hickey. She's a PhD out of Ohio. She has a great super mom video on like TED Talk or on YouTube. And, and you, you feel guilty. You're being guilted. Why I'm not, I, listen, I'm a terrible PTO mom. I won't be doing those decorate a water bottle with antlers, um, you know, to make my child happy or the classroom happy. I, that's just not me. But I'll write a text and say, hey, like, what do you need? Do you want cupcakes? Do you want whatever? But, you know, but it's also that, you know, the guilt that I don't feel the guilt that I'm not in the classroom with my child when I was like, because I provide my child other things, like when we spend time at church. And when we go out to dinner and whatever, I don't have to be that perfect mom that everybody else. And I think it's that shame that goes, there's a lot of shame involved with our choices now. Oh, and yeah. then you want to be the perfect mom. And you want, if you're not with your child, nobody can do it better. You know, I, I'm European. I was raised, you know, um, your family raises your children. So there was times that we go to Canada an hour in the winter left my child there two days to be taken care of by their grandma and my mom. But they were in good hands so that I can work, so I can pay down my student loan, so I can pay my staff. Was that my, was that my decision? Did I, did it break my heart? Of course it did for him. I wanted to be with him. I, you know, everybody's first mom feels like first mom syndrome. You know, um, nobody can do it like I can. But they can. That's the whole disability to raise a child. And, and it's a choice. The shame, okay, because like I, I only know this through like sitcoms, but I feel like lawyers are the example I'll use. Like their culture is like you, you come back to work and pretend you didn't have a baby type of thing. What I will say I find hard in our profession, like that would be very, very difficult also, but I feel like we're the other side of the spectrum of like, it's like, well, uh, are you going to bring your baby to work with you? And it's like, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on it. And they're like, oh, nope. so you're going to, your baby's just going to go to a daycare? Well, are you going to breastfeed for four years? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm going to breastfeed as long as I can, but like it's, it, my milk production instantly dropped by like half when yeah. I went back to work. And so I do feel like the, the hippy dippy philosophy side of chiropractic adds a lot of different layers of shaming of like you're yeah. supposed to be uh, uh what's the type of parenting um nurture yeah. nurture parent like basically attachment parenting that's what it is like you're supposed to wear your baby while you're adjusting you're supposed to breastfeed for years like and it's like oh gosh but I'm also supposed to be successful you know and so I will say that I know every profession probably has its own different culture around um being you know that perinatal time but like we do kind of add on a little extra stress of being free yeah. and I think it is so you know I, I do the stress is everything right and the guilt and the and the comparison and you know you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. I do believe you know I I had an anxious child going um as a baby and you know I couldn't go to the bathroom without him there but you know with listening to Monica Berger and the, uh, the women that are studying genet like epigenetics and, you know, like, uh, you know, all the prenatal hippies that 
in those formative years. And the research is there now. It's even the research is there in utero what stress will do to your child. No, so I agree. But why? Do you it is really important that I'm meditating during pregnancy. I was hoping the research would come out and be like, nah, just kidding. Just keep drinking your coffee. Right. <laughs> the thing is, is one of the reasons when we came up with the um, connecting, compassionate, courageous, charitable, whatever, is the compassion. Like I had to put it, the kindness, you know, you can be close to the me. Kindness is everything. This is what um, ego, like our pain, if you watch 7,500 women, and I, I, I tend to post this in some of the male-dominated groups that tend to have a lot of, not shame on, but ego blasting, bashing. And I'm like, how is it that 7,500 women can get along? But yet, at the same time, you do feel a little bit of stress there too, right? So, so you're damned if you do and you're damned. But the ego, you don't have the ego like you do with some of these other dominated groups. But the thing is, is that's the problem with social media, is the shame and guilt. And that's, you have to read um, Cheryl Sandberg's plan B, option B, or whatever it is, because um, that too is, one, when she, she was sidelined up to losing her husband, she didn't have a plan B. She was corporate America, whatever. And I always say, have a plan B, think about those things, but also do what's right for you, but don't look outside, like don't compare your, what's right for your family and what's right for you is what counts. And and don't like like this success definition. Yeah, let's go back to that. To have your, like, we need to redefine our um, yeah. our definition of success. Do you think that we're just trying to force, I've heard you use the phrase um the suits model. You know, like are we just trying to force what success is into this kind of outdated i'm not even gonna say kind of it's totally outdated totally outdated totally and shocking this whole everybody tracking do i track numbers yes do i track numbers do i my track is i'm i'm uber competitive against myself okay so when i when you know we see 280 and we see 300, whatever. Do I track? But I also track it for business purposes. Do I need two more CAs? When do I hire? When we say that we're at that 300 patients consistently a week, we're going to hire the second front desk because now 20 more patients yield that much more time scheduling, da da da, verification, blah, blah, blah. So everything is done for me quantitatively in the office because that's how I think. But the thing is, is who says that being a hundred patients is not successful. Right. Who said it is? And especially in cash models, you can walk in and walk out. You know, my sister in Canada, she has four children and very close in age, has blocked scheduling, does very, very well for herself. And she could be home and parent too. And, you know, it doesn't matter if she's 300 or a hundred. If the money, if it's paying your bills and putting food on the table, Allowing you that cushion for a vacation, allowing you not to get more in debt, um, then that's success. Yeah. Because you don't feel the stress. You don't have to look at your textbook. You don't yeah. have to depend on your Blue Cross Blue Shield fatty on Wednesdays when it gets positive. I, I remember, what's the Blue Cross fatty? We used to call it the fatty. We wanted to know, so did that cover payroll? Now we really know that it will because, okay, we know the number, the volume that we're seeing. Oh, yeah, we're good. Like, Lori just seems most 
we were, you know, I, my office manager for the concussion clinic last week, and we were bond phones, and she said to me, I said, you realize, like, I didn't check the bank once, but we don't need to anymore. But it stressed her out because that's her job. Right. So, um, but the thing is, is, is we have to redefine amongst ourselves as women in our organization, and then I think it's the trickle-down effect. It's this other, like, whatever you call it model, the old way of doing things is, like, if you see, you know, I see power women patients a day, but my patients are in my office sometimes 45 minutes. Went out because they're getting, they get rehab, they get trigger point therapy, they get ultrasound because I see that in people. But am I going to be shamed for that in other groups because I'm not a straight pilot? Right, right. Back to the shame and guilt. Again, shaming up, but I choose and I'm proud that I can service and I can service the community and they're getting the needs met. They're feeling wonderful. I don't have to do lead generation. I don't have to do, you know, I I don't think I've done a screening in 15 years or uh, whatever because it's your fault because of the services I'm providing. Right. But I also have higher staffing. I have HCN, but because I have to pay for people to get the doctor's can't do it themselves. But it's your version and, of success that you're building yeah. and it makes you happy. Yeah. You know? So like so when, I women, daughter, when I have friends that just come in, Lauren, and they have one PA, one princess, you know, one of my friends up in Sweden. She has two staff, whatever she's doing, she's doing something a week, boom, 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 she's out. She doesn't work on Friday. She doesn't work on Saturday. She, and I'm like, wow. And her overhead is nothing. And then this is not my overhead. I'm doing all the guys. Again, <laughs> it's personal choice. Right? Yeah. And then like so it's many people. So not only like big reason why women are probably leaving is they're not, they didn't define their version of what was success for them. So they took somebody else's version of success. Yeah. Then they like just beat themselves ragged, striving towards somebody else's version of success. Maybe they're successful and happy. Maybe they're successful and not happy. Maybe they just fail. And then they feel like, well, I will never be quote unquote successful because I didn't reach that level of success that wasn't ever even my version. So they leave. So then, okay, people stay out. Why do women, for whatever reason they leave, why do they stay out and not come back? Well, let's see how they got there, too. Let's revisit one thing you and I talked about last week is fear fear tactics, too. Mm. They're scared, you know, if, if coaches and consultants and whatever, they're using scare tactics sometimes and models that have to be done this. You see a lot of people failing. Well, I got a coach and I failed because they're not congruent with their like belief system. That you know they're making them do things that work for them. Yeah. Twenty years ago, ten years ago, whatever. You know, you've consulted. I don't have to tell you this that how many people fail because it's not fitting their model of their practice. That's why it goes back to choice. You have to know who you are and what you want, not what X Y Z is doing down the street, not what social media is posting. Look at this guy seeing two hundred people. So, yeah, now they feel the need to leave because it didn't work even with a coach. I failed even with a coach. I lost my money. Da, 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 da. Why I find that they're staying out. So, I, we'll talk about that next 
their reentry program. I even find people who never got in. We're finding women who just didn't find the right fix or the right solution for them. Then they got pregnant and then they had children. And in our reentry program, we see women coming in that never practically graduated five years ago. And we started doing, well, Cindy, our founder, started doing research that, you know, the medical profession doesn't allow, like, you have to recertify, like, you have to re-up your license because you've been not practicing for so many years. Right. We don't have that. We don't. You just have to pay to keep your license current. But there's no schooling requirements. Or we do this amount of coursework to bring you current. You could be out five years due to breast cancer or, you know, some people I've known have left, you know, they've had an autistic child or what have you. And they just pay to keep their license current, but they have no clue where to start. Well, they've and got so to get these, Yeah. Yeah. Because they can't look back and go like, you know, it's not like, like, we just compare it to something, nothing, you know, it's one thing if like fit in high school and then you gained like 80 pounds with your pregnancy like I did um and then you're like decide you want to get back in shape you you in your your brain has this like muscle memory or like you know of like I can do it because I've been there before I I can see me being successful in my mind but if you graduate like if you've never you know felt fit and for the first time, you know, you're 30, that's got to be a lot harder to be like, I don't know that it's capable. Yeah. You don't know that it is capable for my body, maybe my DNA, maybe I just can never be successful like that because they can't look back and see it. So that has got to be terrifying for these women that they okay. graduated five plus years ago. And they're like, I don't know if I have what it takes. I don't know. I've never practiced. Oh, and here's the thing. Um, they don't, don't call their school back. And, and I'm hearing all this, right? Since we started our reentry program, they leave. They don't know where to start. You call the school, and the school's like, "Well, call your state." And then the state's like, "Well, just come to the conference, and you know, whatever, like your annual conference." And but what about refreshing? Like things change in five years. Think, think about your own practice, Lauren. Things change, and yep. unless you know, okay, I'm not practicing anymore. But in my husband's little man team, I have an adjusting people. I may not be adjusting to like this state, but I have to. Like when when my husband says, "Can I be adjusting right now?" I'm like, yep, let's go. Because I have to. Like I feel like I want to keep my skills. Well, these women that have left, there's no um, there's no resources or connectivity. Yes, you can go to Cal Gym, you can go to uh, well, chiropractic and all this kind of stuff and whatever. But that's not getting hands-on experience. Right. Okay. So we've been developing some programs that are, I, you're going to be the first person that I, well, I talked to you about it last week, but um, letting people know is based on me. Why stay out? We out, as you call it. We are bringing them back in with confidence because there's a shame because we have a shortage. If you talk to chiropractors, you know that it's a shortage. We have a shortage of funny, great jobs. There is, or not because people want to do it on their own or whatever, but there's just the confidence. So going back to our business thing too, is connecting confident, charitable, courageous, chiropractic women. Um, yep. We're trying to do it, and we're, we're, small, we're small working board, but we found the need. You know, you hear the stories, and our founder went through it. You know, 
20 something years in marriage, getting kids, um, having kids. And uh, she was perfecting, but she was more mommy. And then husband left, left her with debt, left her, she had to rebuild her life. You hear that too. You hear that a lot that the husband and wife team chiropractic team got divorced, um, whatever, and you know, depending on the debt incurred or whatever, they're starting from scratch. And um, so we came up with this reentry program, and it wasn't like, oh, look at us, we did this on our own. We was modeling that the women, the American Physicians Association had something similar for women. We get to pay a lot of money to be brought back in. Get it and to be, have that confidence. So we're like, this pilot is us. We did a pilot program a year ago. We brought five women in, and the board is seeking to sit out the professional women and mentor them. We didn't, they, they, they just had to be a, a member, $17 a month. So that's not a lot in coaching to right. have a plethora of successful women at their. Oh, talking them off the cliff, and we did everything from you know, we reached out to the parents of our we reached out to the different people, and every week we hosted another successful female caretaker who mentored them up on their own. That it was their stewardship, it was using their time and their talent and their judgment, what they know and what they're paid for. And to mentor these women up in marketing and philosophy because they have been out of school for so long, in um, business, in personal development, just this year. Like, I do two segments on it just on setting your goal, overcoming fear and like your self talk. And um, we mentored them up, we had it's a, a program, and we did really well with it. We just see five women of us doing it on our own. So then we're like, let's just practice it again and bring five more women in. And now, based on what we're learning, what we saw, they taught us, they don't realize how valuable they were to us. Okay? Okay. Because many women who are successful out there don't realize the complete other end of the spectrum. So they taught us and they really, they, they humbled us. We realized like, there's no stupid question. That's what I keep on saying to these women. There's no stupid question. And they weren't able to ask, cry, share, you know, what have you. So you know that going forward, um, with the help of the levelers, and I have to put a shout out to them, they believe in um, their endowment was, was, they believe in these women in general, but in chiropractic, they want to strengthen these women business-wise and success. So we decided we're going to do one day pop up, and you and I have talked about your involvement too. And uh, we're going, you're going to see us doing what we did in the reentry is come to each state and do a one day pop up for people currently in practice, wanting to get back in, or just to refine, you know, or looking for that extra strategy is uniting us in different classes. But in the morning, we're going to work on personal development business what everybody says we don't get right yeah. and put some clinical science be it pediatric nutrition neurology whatever you know some kind of technique maybe it's cranial work maybe it's 
tongue tying, whatever. But the morning will be, you know, some like those three classes that we have at our virtual academy. And the afternoon is thanks to Danielle Finden for showcasing the need at our convention last year. We did for it last year we did uh adaptive adjusting and technique. And she taught it and it was probably one of the most successful classes we had. And we decided we're gonna do four hours of adjusting to make them more confident, especially the ones that are trying to get back in. And all of us leaders, you and yourself included, platinum members that are joining us, you will create stations and mentor them up and have someone show us how to someone that's in that state. We're gonna do like, you know, focus on the women in that state, particularly the successful women, have them show us struggling adjusting, um, you know, be it whatever, uh, some, you know, rim stuff, adaptive adjusting when you have an injury, have people like Danielle Pinden and other ladies out there that are, ladies or men, but out there that are teaching ergonomically safe ways to adjust, mm-hmm. pregnant, injured, whatever, have different stations. You want a little bit more confidence adjusting babies, you just got out of school or you haven't ever touched a baby, you know? Um, so we're going to have stations in the afternoon, creating more confidence and hands-on. And I think that's going to be huge. I think that'll help I a lot. Our entire profession does it, but I think that this will give women who, like you call it, wanting to stay and move out, coming back in, because they feel, I can, you and I both said, I'm tired of the tribe word. We don't need that. We have each other. That's a sisterhood. You have sisters you have but whatever it doesn't matter i think that this is um a collective group of will show women who are wanting like yourself to mentor um to showcase your wisdom and your experience and then you have people that look in those profession that are very timid coming in or um what's the word um about coming back. I think we'll find that this is going to be a great once we start doing like our goal would be, you know, you have I'll I'll make the announcement October twelfth we're gonna be in Ohio. October nineteenth we're gonna be in Indiana. We're currently working on Wisconsin and Toronto. And um you'll be seeing a lot of these pop up next year. And there's a lot of stuff in the works. And I invite anybody that um is interested in helping to contact me directly. I um, have brought you into the mix because mm-hmm. I value your, what you're doing for our, our profession. And, um, you know, I think people are afraid. Also, the people out there that want to do the next thing and they don't know where to start, they yeah. pick up the phone, email me, call me. because. Well, that's actually, that kind of leans into the next thing. So if you're listening to this, let's say um, a female chiropractor, I mean, or male, okay, uh, is listening to this. And they're questioning, like, they've honestly been thinking about closing up shop. Um, and they're saying, like, I just don't have what it takes. I am, I see this, like, banking job that, like, a teller at a bank would pay me more. I would make more than what I'm doing or whatever the story. I get vacation. I get insurance. Yep. Yep. What would you say to them? Like, what is their, what should they do? Get a hold of us. Before you consider leaving, get a hold of myself, Cindy, any other board members, yourself, 
um, you know, put even just put a post out there. It's raw and real, and it it's very um. If you've ever followed Renee Brown, she's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just speak at her convention, and I found out that she turned in seventy five thousand dollars for an hour, and I was like, whoa! We're gonna watch the movie on that. We'll just watch her. On, just on screen the movie. We'll just keep on quoting her. But um, that's one of the things. If you're considering reading, if you want to read anything, read Brene Brown about vulnerability, but it's not a weakness strength. Right. Reach out. Yep. Reach out. Put the question out there. Because if you're in Iowa or Illinois or whatever, and you're considering it, someone is going to respond to you mm-hmm. by our board and or someone locally that wants has been there. So don't leave that. Don't leave that. Right, yeah. Reminder, you're not alone. You may feel alone because you're seeing five patients a week and you're your only employee and you're sitting for 40 hours alone in a building, but you're not alone in this profession. There's a sisterhood. Okay, so what about for the people asking me? I just want to tell you, people are asking all the time, you know, why the $70 a month? Like, what's your mission? That's our mission. It is totally, we're not to help women be it if you want to become a coach consultant uh if you want to be a lecturer if you want to just get start getting tensions in that life that's take seventeen dollars a month because we're creating um resources to not help you yeah and to get to the next level like you know, you do the podcast. Um, Nicole, our social media director, does podcast. They want to learn how to do a podcast. We go. We go to you. So I think that's that culture is instead of being this, um, you know, yacht club or man club or like you said, just as a table, you have to pay so much money to get to sit in to get to read. No, just become one of us. We're here to help each other. Simple. Um, don't reach out to me. I don't know how to start a podcast. Uh, my husband does. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually only like. I love it. Um, final question. Kirby, yeah, reach out to Kirby. He's the one who knows Wait, us. Kirby, you're yeah. playing the day, buddy. You're yeah. playing the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, final question here. So, let's say that you're. You're slaying it. I still don't feel comfortable saying that hashtag yet. Um, anyways, in, in your version of success, and that's going to look different to everybody, how do those women help? How do those women that are in the sisterhood that are like, yeah, I'm not, I might not start a podcast. I might not read a book, but like, how can I help my fellow colleagues out to not feel alone? What can they do? One, just, you know what, mentor, like, I don't know if I'm overusing this word, but find someone in your area. Find someone, one, if you just want to pay it forward, you know, we pay it forward when we're going to some donuts, buy someone a coffee. How about pay it forward that we all all have different mentors? Find someone in the area, put them on the lunch. Simple. That's how some of the greatest stuff that I've gotten in business success is going on lunch with people. Okay. So you're saying just like call up a female Cairo in your area. In just your like, area. They're not your competition. They're right. not your competition. Oh, good. I that. Yeah. If you need someone to cover your practice one day and whatever, find that you can learn and you can do that. Okay. So 
Number one, for sure, just find someone and pay it forward. Number two, if you want to coach, if you don't know where to start, you know the most fascinating is you see the same people on stage all the time, right? Right. So, like, um, at our convention, like, this year we're trying to find people that are doing this, making weight, right? And that nobody knows about it. And, and it might lead them to fame, it might lead them to whatever it is, is we want to know the little people that are in, like, little town Iowa or whatever that are doing phenomenal things for profession. How do I know them? How do I how do we know them? Reach out. That's all I ask. Just inbox us and say, hey, I would love to teach for your pop-ups in your in my state. I would love to bring a pop-up to my state and help you organize it. Because that's uniting us together, right? Connecting us together. Um be that means you know if you've ever read Tiffany Point or like um, oh, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, like people are like, "Well, I didn't know about it," or "I, you know, I was never asked." Well, ask. The worst that you can do is, you know, the worst that someone can say is no. But in in this day and age of we need to help each other, there's always a place for someone. We just said, if you want to start launching a consulting career, if you want our help to promote a class at your office. Yeah. We're here to help each other. I think that's just what, what instead of competing that old model, we're not here to compete at all. At all. I think we're or judge or shame each other. Yes. 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 Oh, I love it. Oh, thank you so, so much um, for taking your Friday afternoon to talk to me uh, out by your pool. <laughs> You're doing it right, lady. Um, I'm in like a closet. Uh, so I have a really cute, I have a really cute pool boy right now. <laughs> I hope it's not. No, he's my husband. Okay. <laughs> See, okay, we need to add something to my husband's list of skills that is not there. Hey, I'm going to be like, how come you're not my pool boy? Um, Okay, so ladies, thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Rosemary. Um, if you are not a part of the WDC free Facebook page, first of all, that first step, you gotta go do that. It is such a loving, supportive group. Um, I've been a part of it for years now and like, or a couple of years, and I've never seen a comment. It's just supportive and loving space. I, I like it a lot. I think you guys like curate and pick people, the trolls off. Um, you know, if you yeah, can. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And it's 99.99% um, women chiropractors. The 0.001% on there is our two administrators. Unfortunately, we need the help to make sure that yeah. we're having a successful page. So yeah, we thank them. They're, they're, they work really, really hard for us to yeah. make this a success. Um, if you have a question that you don't want to like publicly launch to the 7,500 people, like reach out. Oh my gosh. When I've reached out, um, a couple months ago, like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. I know you have one. I got so many supportive, uh, emails back from your organization. You guys are like just doing it right. Altruistically, but just know if the number one takeaway that this podcast, this episode, like, no, you're not alone. Whether you're six, like quote unquote successful, like you're also not alone. You have women who are watching what you're doing and looking up to you. So like help you turn back and help. Uh, and also if you are feeling down, lean, lean in, lean in. Even if you're not practicing, lean into the sisterhood and the profession. You're not alone. We love you so, so much. 
I have an idea. What's your idea? I don't know what's your game. Kirby, are you game for this? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is. How about I, I'm going to nominate someone that wouldn't ultimately put herself out there, um, but you would have a fantastic podcast with her. Oh, I'm going to nominate that you reach out to Nancy Elrichowski Cooper. Oh, yeah. In Carmel, Indiana. Indiana. Sorry, I can't speak. Because one of those people that um, is shyly one of the most fascinating people you'll talk to about pediatrics, babies, whatever. But I, I think this would be a fun thing is nominating someone that might not be like in your face, like, hey, interview me. Get it? Yeah, I like this. This, this might be my final question every time I interview someone. Like, all right. I love it. It's kind of, what is it? You're like, tag, tag, you're it. You get to be on. Hi, Nancy, you're it. <laughs> I this love is your genius. Oh, Dr. Rosemary, thank you so, so much. You have just Thanks, a fun day. And everyone else listening, just keep on slaying. Alrighty. Well, that was fun. Um, okay. So like I said, obviously, obs, we're going to figure out the audio. So future interviews, you'll be able to hear 100% of what my guest is saying better. Um, until then, please review us. Give a shout out to Dr. Rosemary and the WDC. Know you um, loved what she had to say. If you're not listening to the WDC podcast, her story, make sure you are. Uh, send me thoughts. You know, what did this bring up for you? Questions you might have on this topic. Make sure you're watching what the WDC is doing because they've got some exciting announcements coming out. So until next week, make sure you're reviewing us, subscribing, send us your questions, uh, but keep it real and raw, please. Love you all so much. Bye, She Slayers. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.